0: We're going to begin this evening, Job 42. Job 42. Let's notice verses 10 through 15. Job forty-two, ten through 15. And the Lord turned the captivity of Job when he prayed for his friends. Also the Lord gave Job twice as much as he had before. Then came there unto him all his brethren and all his sisters and all they that had been of his acquaintance before and did eat bread with him in his house. And they bemoaned him and comforted him over all the evil that the Lord had brought upon him. Every man also gave him a piece of money and every one an earring of gold. So the Lord blessed the latter end of Job more than his beginning, for he had fourteen thousand sheep and six thousand camels and a thousand yoke of oxen, and a thousand she-asses. He had also seven seven sons and three daughters. And he called the name of the first, Jemima, and the name of the second, Keziah, and the name of the third, Karen Karenhapuk. And in all the land were no women found so fair as the daughters of Job. And their father gave them inheritance among their brethren. We live in a society that wants more of everything. People everywhere want more money, they want more things, and they want more power. We see it in every walk of life. We see it from the billionaire who wants more money to the politician who wants more power to the child who wants more mashed potatoes on his plate. Now, what we need to understand is there's nothing wrong with wanting more things in this life as long as our more isn't interfering with our relationship with God. All people want more, but there are few people in the world who want more when it comes to God and their own spiritual health. It was John who prayed for Gaius to prosper physically, but only as he prospered spiritually. Let's notice 3 John beginning with verse 1. He wrote the elder unto the well-beloved guest, whom I love in the truth. Beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health, even as thy soul prosperous. Again, there's nothing wrong with wanting more, wanting uh, more of of different things as long as we put more in its proper place. Nothing wrong with wanting wanting more... uh, financial security or wanting more of this or wanting more of that as long as we understand where it belongs in our relationship to God and our lives. The title of the sermon this afternoon is, We Should Want More. But we have to understand what that more is. And our subject is the great man Job. I think we can look at Job and we can learn a whole lot from him. There is so much to understand about Job that it would take a lifetime to really dissect everything that he has to offer. Now, in verse 12 of our passage, we learn the Lord blessed the latter end of Job more than his beginning. Now, I want us to focus on and become interested in that word more. There is a lot to that. More is defined as being in greater quantity, amount, measure, degree, or number. Now I want us to make sure we understand, again, there's nothing wrong with wanting more of what God has to offer. Even physical things. There's nothing wrong with that as long as our more does not separate us from Him. Because a lot of people have allowed that to happen. We look back over the history of humanity and we see how Saul's more allowed that to separate him from God. We look at Solomon, and for a period of time, Solomon's more allowed uh, that to separate him from God. Now, I think he repented of that. We read Ecclesiastes, and we see how he he determined that that was emptiness or vanity, and he came back to God. He recognized that he had not placed that in the proper uh, location where it ought to be. So it's perfectly acceptable to have more power, more money, more recognition after all. When we look at Abraham, Abraham had all of that. When we look at Job, the person under consideration, he was he was the wealthiest man or the most powerful man in the east. But he recognized where that belonged. Job 1 verse 3. But our most important more needs to be focused on gaining more spiritually from God. We all ought to gain more spiritually. We ought to grow spiritually, because all the more we receive physically in this world will eventually be destroyed. It's going to be burned up when Christ returns, 2 Peter 3 10 through 12. Now I want us to know and understand something else. There is a reason Job had more in the latter days than in his beginning. But he also had more in the beginning, didn't he? He had more. Job had more because he was faithful to God in every single aspect of his life. Even when his physical became less, he had more because he was faithful. Now that doesn't mean everyone who is faithful in this life to God is going to have more wealth in this life. That's not what that means. We can go to Luke chapter 16 and we remember the the poor beggar Lazarus. He didn't have more physically. He had less physically, didn't he? But his more in eternity is without measure. He had more later on. In fact, all who have obeyed the gospel and lived faithfully for God are right now on the little end... Of something big, right? And that something big is more. We just need to understand that. Let's examine Job. Let's learn how he got his more. And let's understand that there are some very important facts that come along with getting more from God. Let's begin with the pathway to more. That's our first point. Those who get more have to walk a special path because God doesn't give more to everyone, right? He gives more to those who walk the pathway of holiness. Now, anyone can walk the pathway to holiness if they choose to, but God doesn't give more to everyone. You have to be on the pathway to holiness, right? Only those who live godly lives qualify for more in eternity, we read that in 2 Corinthians 6, verses 14 through 18, right? We're not going to read that whole thing, but, God, but Paul begins that by saying, Be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship hath righteousness with unrighteousness? Right? And he continues that line of thought throughout that passage. See, we have to have that holiness about us. James also said this, James 4, verse 8, Draw nigh to God, and He will draw nigh to you. Cleanse your hands, ye sinners, and purify your hearts, ye double-minded. You have to have clean hands to have purified hearts. You can't have unclean hands and have purified hearts. And so that's the pathway of holiness. And so if we're going to be able to be on that pathway, we have to have those things. Not everyone has those things, so not everyone has more. But that's what God expects. You see, those who want more keep short accounts with God. We have to understand that. David had more because he was honest about the sins in his life. In his life, and when he sinned, he repented, Psalm 51. He recognized that. He kicked that sin out of his life, and he did the things God asked him to do. God doesn't want us hiding behind those sins. David didn't do that. Now, David made some terrible mistakes in his life. He made some mistakes that most of us are not going to ever make. But, when he was rebuked for those mistakes, he recognized that. He didn't try to argue with Nathan. He recognized what he did. He recognized he sinned against God. He sinned against Uriah sinned against Bathsheba, sinned against himself, and he asked God to forgive him, right? And we see in Job's life that he made great effort to be righteous in in the sight of God. What did he do every single morning? We read about Job uh, chapter 1 verse 5. He got up every morning, he offered a sacrifice to God for himself and for his children in case they did something to offend God. He wanted to be righteous and walk that path of holiness. So to be holy, one must be honest with self and with God. Notice how Peter described the Christian and all Christians, 1 Peter 2, 9. He said Christians are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people that ye should show forth the praises of Him, who hath called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. You see, darkness and light, they cannot occupy the same space. It's either one or you the other, right? You're either dark or you're light. And so to walk the path of holiness, we have to be light. We know a person who is not holy can become holy, but that choice has to be made. And then God will offer more. Right, God will give more because the people to whom Peter wrote were at one time unholy, 2 Peter 2.10. But they became holy and then they began to receive more. So to get more from God, one must walk the pathway of holiness. But how does that begin? It's one thing to understand, well, okay, I have to get on the pathway of holiness, but how do I start that? How do I get on that pathway? Well, we have to start with humility. That's what we have to start with. Job humbled himself before God, right? Now, Job didn't understand why the things that were happening to him happened. But he never blamed God. He was humble in the sight of God. Now, notice some great people in the past. Let's talk about Abraham. We can talk about Elijah, uh, Daniel, his Hebrew friends, Noah, many more people. Not all of them understood exactly what God's plan was or why God chose the plan He chose. Maybe that's a better way of saying it. You know, Abraham, do you think he understood exactly why God said, go take your son, your only son, your only son whom you love and sacrifice him? Do you think he understood why God would ask him to do that? Probably not. He didn't blame God for anything. He just simply did what God asked him to do. wonder why. Do you ever think about Noah? Noah probably had never seen it rain. Build this huge barge, this great boat. Why? Just simply build it. Why? Well, because God told me to build it. He just simply built it. Right? Just build the boat. Daniel, you're going to be taken off into captivity. You're going to be taken off way away from your home. You're going to be 70 years off over there. going to die in captivity. You're going to be mistreated in captivity, but you're going to have to be faithful. You're going to be away from home. Most people would say, well, no one's going to see me. No one's going to know me. I'm just going to do what I want to do. Not Daniel. He was faithful, right? They didn't always understand... But they always did what God asked. They were humble. God expects those who follow Him to humbly follow Him. Don't question God, right? God expects us to ask questions, but He doesn't expect us to question His authority, right? Well, God, why are you asking me to do this? Well, we can't question why God chose the things He chose. We just have to do what He asked us to do, right? God's provided a way of escape from sin. That's the plan of salvation, right? Now, a lot of people question God's plan of salvation. They say, well, I don't understand why He chose what He chose. Well, I I don't know that anyone can answer that question. Why did God choose the plan of salvation that He chose? Well, God chose faith. Well, that's probably a pretty easy one. We have to believe in Him. Without faith, it is impossible to please Him. Hebrews 11.6. Okay, we probably understand that one. Repentance. Change of heart, change of mind, change our lifestyle, turn back toward God. Do do what He asked us to do. Obedience. We probably understand that. Confession that Jesus is the Son of God. that's That's pretty easy. We get over to the baptism part, and that's one that sticks with a lot of people. And they say, well, I don't understand that one. Why do I need to get into water and be immersed in water? Well, I don't have an answer for that. All I know is that's what God said to do. But here's what God said. God said it's it's like a burial, right? It's like a burial. We're buried in water. We come into contact with the blood of Jesus, His death, Romans 6, 3 and 4. Well, why not do a real burial? Why not? Why not use dirt? I don't know. I don't know. I don't have that answer. God said use water. See, now we can't question His authority. He simply said to do that, and I can't question. Now, I can ask what it does for me. Well, God, what does it do for me? Well, He said it washes my sins away. Acts twenty two sixteen. right? Now, I can ask that. Well, God, what else does it do for me? what puts me into Christ Galatians 3 26 and 27 it adds me to the church acts 247 it, it it removes my sin remits my sin acts 238 right it does all, i can ask those questions but i can't question god's authority that's humility see God's way isn't the easy path but it's the only path to more in eternity. So to have more we have to walk the pathway of more. But we also have to understand the price for more. That's our second point. The price of more is usually less stuff separating us from God. That's a problem. Now Job had a lot of stuff in this life. He had a lot of stuff and he lost everything in this life that he valued physically. Lost his finances, lost his family, lost his fitness, and he lost his friends. That's a lot of stuff to lose, isn't it? He lost it all. Now, those things had never separated him from God, but he still lost those things. Most people are in the business of increasing stuff, right? Now, there's nothing wrong with that as long as we know where that belongs in this life. So we have to understand that. Jesus cautioned against seeking more to the detriment of our souls. We get over to Matthew 17, 22. We run into a young man who was, we know him as the rich young ruler. He comes up and he asks Jesus, Good Master, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus tells him to, to keep the commandments of the law. He says, I've done that for my youth. So Jesus, understanding that there's something missing in his life, he says, well, go sell all that you've got and give it to the poor. He didn't like that answer. Jesus understood that he valued his stuff more than his soul. And so he went away sorrowfully. And Jesus was sad when he went away sorrowfully. So he could not separate himself from his stuff. Job didn't treasure anything above God. He at no point did he ever blame God. Even when his wife encouraged him to curse God and die, did he ever even consider doing that. The price for more is sometimes less stuff, and it is always less self. We always have to give up self, right? Job was humbled and he was humiliated, chapter 2, verses 2 through 13. One of the biggest obstacles between people and God is self. It's always self. The truth is this. Often self doesn't want more if self has to become less. That's a problem for a lot of folks. That's a problem. Normally self likes glory, likes recognition, and likes praise. Now here is someone that that was the exact opposite. We go over to John chapter 3 verse 30 and we, we, we read about John the baptizer. John the baptizer recognized that he had to become less for Jesus to become more. He wanted Jesus to become more. But by Jesus becoming more and John becoming less, really, John became more. He became more. So the way we become less is by making sure Jesus becomes more. Right? We have to do that in our own lives. And then really what we become is more. Paul said this, 1 Corinthians 10, 31. Whether therefore you eat or drink or whatsoever you do, do all to the glory of God. You see, the church in Corinth They had a problem with self. They liked being prominent among themselves. John warned about a man named Diotrephes. 3 John verse 9. He said, There's a man named Diotrephes who loveth to have the preeminence among them. Diotrephes had kind of taken over the congregation there. He was kicking people out of the church and wouldn't let some come in the church. He'd kind of just taken it over. He wasn't supposed to do that. Jesus is the head of the church, right? And uh, at the local level, you have leaders. You have elders. Well, Dr. Fees was kind of running a one-man show there. So we have to understand what the price is. The price isn't cheap for more. It's not cheap. It involves the loss of self and more of Jesus. That's what the price is. But... Everything has a value to it, right? Everything has a value. But getting God's more is worth living with less. And we have to understand that. But if we walk the pathway of more, pay the price for more, then we can enjoy the privileges of more. That's our third and our final point. God has blessed His people with the provision of salvation. The provision of salvation is one of the privileges of more. He's given that to us. Those who have more in God do not seem to worry a whole lot about the needs of this life. Now that doesn't mean we're not supposed to do our part in supplying the needs of this life, but we do recognize what is more important, right? Jesus commanded this. Lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth, where moth and rust doth corrupt, and where thieves break through and steal. Matthew 6, beginning in verse 19. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt, and where thieves do not break through nor steal. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Those who have more trust God to provide for them the things they need in this life. You recall when, when Jesus was at Mary and Martha and Lazarus' home, and, and Martha was was in there preparing this meal and, and she was cumbered about with much care, and Mary had sat down at the feet of Jesus. And, and Martha went in and said, Lord, don't you care that Mary isn't in here helping me? And he said, She has chosen that which is better. Now, it wasn't that Mary didn't need to help. It wasn't that Martha wasn't doing something good in preparing a meal for the Lord. But she had chosen that which was better, right? So we have to understand that. We need to trust God to provide the things we need in this life. We want more of what God has provided spiritually. We need to work hard we need to provide physically paul told the philippian brethren philippians 4:19 but my god shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory by christ jesus jesus said this matthew 6:33 but seek ye first the kingdom of god and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you we need to worry about the physical Only secondary to seeking God first and His righteousness. He'll add these other things. He'll add these other things. He'll take care of us. Again, that doesn't mean we're going to have all our heart's desires, but we will be provided for if we do our part and we have the faith that He wants us to have. The privilege of more is provision from God. And those who have more have the privilege of offering praise to God. Now, notice Job. There was some reason why Job praised God, even on the heels of heartbreak. There was a reason for that. Through the darkness of Job's life, God displayed the light of His glory. He gave Job a reason to praise Him, didn't He? He gave him a reason to do that. God had always blessed Job. Job, and he loved God, but not because of the material blessings. Not because of the material blessings. Job proved that. Job proved God, uh, loved God because God was worthy of his love and worthy of his praise. All that was taken away, and he still loved God and he still praised God. That was the whole point, wasn't it? You recall, Satan came before God and he said, Well, no wonder Job uh, praises you. Look at what you've done to him. You've built a hedge around him. Look what all you've given him. God said, Take it away. Just don't touch him physically. See, so he took it all away. He comes back and he says, Well, look, no wonder he praises you. You won't let me touch him physically. Touch him physically. Just don't take his life. Do you know that he did everything he could except take his life? If it had done any more to him, he would have been dead. And he's still honored and he praised God because God is worthy of honor, he's worthy of praise, and he's worthy of love. Job proved that. Satan could not stop him from doing that. Those who have more will always recognize God's worth, even when this life is disappointing. David had more in this life, but he also suffered more in this life than most. But he didn't let that stop him from honoring God. Notice what he said in Psalm 122, 1. I was glad when they said unto me, Let us go into the house of the Lord. You know, life can often seem like less. than what it ought to be? Then what's fair? But those who have more will always recognize God as the provider of all things that are good in this life, James 1:17. So in the end, Job continued to praise God, and he was given more in the latter than what he had in the beginning. Now think about this. Job's house went from quietness and sadness to the sound of babies, and he was given ten additional children. And all he possessed was doubled. Those who get more will find they always have reason to praise God, even when this life is destroyed. Job 1, 20 through 21. I would like more. I know you would. May we all walk the pathway to more. Pay the price for more. And receive the privileges of more. Here's the thing. If we want more, all we have to do is go get more. There's plenty to go around for everyone. If you're here, you've never obeyed the gospel. We talked about how to get more. If you have and you've become unfaithful, the way to more is through repentance and prayer, confession of sin. And if you need to do that publicly... Let that be known as we stand and as we sing. Who at the door is standing, patiently drawing.